One of the things that I've learned in, in talking with other entrepreneurs and many more so entrepreneurs is that the ideas that they have, you need to let them out. You need to let them flourish. You need to let them be spoken about. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders Podcast, a show where we interview high voltage entrepreneurs growing and scaling through e-commerce, real estate, and other Wealth Without Wall Street ventures, showing you the path to making your first or next million. Guys, welcome to the call. Tim and Scott, it's an honor to have you here today talking uh, about this unique and innovative product idea, which I had some more time to look at since our last call. So I'm really excited to talk about product development the research component and what you guys have done and just who you are. So welcome to the call and I appreciate having you here. Great Thanks, to be Neil. here. Thanks, Neil. Awesome. So let's get into this. So I want to talk about product development and ideas and innovations because that's a lot about what we do as an online world and something you guys have done really well in your past and your history, because I know that you've got unique viewpoints on both business development and retail space, as well as product development. And that's some of the things I would love to converse with people today and with you specifically about how you have come up with these ideas and, and kind of how you're moving to the market. So it, real quick, whoever wants to start, Tim or Scott, which one of you would want to start telling us a little bit about who you are just, and then we'll jump to the next person and we can kind of get some perspective here before we dig into the details. Yeah, I can start us off today. So I got my true start would be, uh, I got recruited into a venture capital firm in Chicago and it was this unique venture where they were looking to sort of form a, a pseudo incubator. The traditional incubator brings in entrepreneurs who already have at least a kernel of an idea. They were bringing in these entrepreneurs like myself who had no idea what we wanted to do. We just knew we wanted to do something in the entre entrepreneurial space. They saw something in us and decided to kind of give us this office space and an opportunity to pitch ideas to kind of this board of older men and women who had a lot of experience and vet our ideas. It was a little bit like Shark Tank, but every single week. And so one of the things that I learned there that I really loved was they would have us write our ideas on these cutout pieces of paper in the shape of a goldfish. And so we'd, we'd come up with an idea, write it on this goldfish and stick it on the wall. And then we as a group would kind of beat the idea up a little bit. And I like this idea of, of goldfish being used to represent ideas because what they were trying to teach us was that you should treat your ideas like something you'd be willing to flush down the toilet if it wasn't good, if it wasn't surviving the way it should. And right. so it, I think that was a great lesson for us to just, because you can really quickly fall in love with your idea. And once you do, it's really hard to get talked out of it. And we were taught in those early stages to kind of, treat it all like it could be flushed down the toilet and it allows us to kind of come up with the best version of our ideas. So that, with that context, we were looking for opportunities in the brain health space, funny enough. We had come across an article in the New York Times talking about cognitive decline being a major fear of baby boomers. And we thought, you know, it's a fear. Is there anything to help with that? And we started doing some research in that space and found all of this amazing software and all these products and emerging science around neuroplasticity. And we thought, well, there's something interesting here. Let's, let's test this out. We opened a kiosk at a local mall and tested the concept out. The long story short of this is the kiosk was an epic failure, but we decided <laughs> to push forward. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we sort of broke the rule, which is let's test and learn on the cheap. If it tests poorly, let's flush it down the toilet. Well, we broke our rule. 
I think there were a couple of things. We learned that location really mattered. A kiosk in a mall is a really tough place to sell stuff for brain health. And we also got a really amazing opportunity in downtown Chicago to open a store. And so we did. We opened that store. Fast forward over 10 years, we opened 40 stores across the U.S. And we were kind of known as a bit of a Kickstarter for brick and mortar retail, where we would launch new ideas, almost exclusively in the toy and game space. So we started Brain Health, merged into a bit of a, a healthy educational toy store. And that's where I met Tim. So I'll let Tim kind of tell his story to kind of get to where, where we officially met. Well, there's something you said a second ago I want to jump in on. Obviously, this, it's amazing what you learned and what you fail and what we earn and don't learn from our mistakes uh, as we try new concepts. But we have a phrase that resonates with us inside of our business model, and that's don't marry your products, steal somebody else's girlfriend instead. And so the concept <laughs> of literally marrying that kiosk came to mind when you thought about that because we, we want to innovate and move things. And I know that's something, Tim, you're good at, is, which is what your background in history is about, right? Yeah, so mine's a, a little bit different. So I was actually originally in, in software and I had read an article in Inc. Magazine and the article highlighted the coming up to market for a game called Cards Against Humanity, which was a really popular kind of adult party game a few years ago. And the article basically like laid out how you bring a card game to life. And I was, again, was working in software, had no clue how to bring physical products to life. But this did a really nice job of laying out the blueprint. And as I read the article, I was like, you know what? I have an idea of a game that basically we've been playing in a rough form for years, you know, late, late night, nights and weekends up at uh, lake houses. And just said, you know what? I think I could take that blueprint that I read in this article and try to bring this thing to market myself. So basically did it, went forward and said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do this. There's a lot of Google searching to figure out how you manufacture cards and and, and do that type of a thing. But ultimately I brought it online via Kickstarter. And this was not a big success on Kickstarter, but it did actually hit our funding goal, which was great. Gave right. us that first win. And through that was actually introduced to Scott and just kind of a mutual friend. We were both in Chicago at the time. And he had also been looking for type of game like that I had created. And so we were fortunate enough to meet at that point in time. And so he ended up being my first retailer that carried my game, Utter Nonsense. Nice. And yeah, so that was like the first win as far as, you know, being a retailer. And then from there, things snowballed pretty quickly where it was picked up by Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. So some of the bigger retailers and ultimately went on to have a couple different versions and then get acquired by a, uh, a private equity toy backed, you know, toy game, uh, private equity backed company. So nice. yeah, so that's how I kind of got into the space and kind of fell in love with that. So we ultimately sold the, the, the software company as well to LinkedIn. But of the two paths, I was much more into toys and games, just literally yeah. a lot more fun, as you can yep. imagine. And yep. I felt like that was more of my calling. And I like the style, the, the business model as well, I should say. So software obviously was like a venture back, really high growth, burning a ton of capital, raising, managing a big team, just, wow. I don't know, very stressful environment. And here was this still a card game idea that I just kind of did on the side, bootstrapped, and ended up being, you know, really successful. And so I said, you know what? That's more fun. Let's let's go with that instead. No doubt. And so that was the the path. My thing is like if you're not in it for fun, profit, and the people, then why are you in it? Right. And if it's just right. coming down to the profit, you're gonna lose the fun, you're gonna miss the people, and it's all gonna backfire on you. 
So I, I really love that. I resonate with that. And one of the things we first talked about as we all came together was you know, some of the unique ideas and, and innovations you guys have come up with. So I'm going to preface this by saying to the audience who's listening, if you like paddleboard, then you're going to love what these guys have come up with. It's a unique, innovative way of playing two combination of games into one and creating mobility in the game. Because obviously, you know, you got to go to a court and paddleball is very popular right now and making its waves. But what you guys have done is innovated something extremely unique. You want to tell the folks a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, sure. So so pickleball is the sport that's just exploding right now. So pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. I just saw it today. They announced that Kevin Durant bought a team last week. Tom Brady did the week before that. It was LeBron James. So pickleball is just, it's exploding. And so we recognize trends in the space. So this maybe goes back to a little bit of what your first question was, was product development. Where do you come up with ideas? And Scott actually gives a really good example of a domesticated dog versus a dog in the wild. Domesticated dogs have floppy ears. They've kind of lost their wolf-like persona. You know, they they've just gotten comfortable in their yeah. environment. Yep. Yeah. Whereas, you know, dogs in the wild, they still got the perk years because somebody's, yeah. somebody's trying to, to get them, you know, somebody's yeah. trying to kill them. So with that, you know, I think Scott and I have kind of attuned our ears, if you will, to always be, you know, looking for ideas and, and concepts that might be growing in popularity or things that might be trending on social media and pop culture. And so pickleball was certainly, you couldn't really avoid it, right? And it's like in the news every day, Scott happens to be a huge pickleball player. So we were just like, God, what could we do in that space? Yeah. And we actually had come up with like a, a sketch of an idea that ultimately looks very similar to what we now have as Paddle Smash. And so there's other things that we look for too. I mean, being in toys and games in particular, you know, the, the genre of toys and games that is the fastest growing is outdoor games. And maybe this has something to do with the COVID and, and, and how everyone's just been stuck inside for so long and the people are desperate to be outside and maybe with, with people. So we saw these different trends happening. And just around that time, we also happened to be introduced to this person. His name's Joe Bingham. And he is a, he, he lives in the foothills of like Utah with seven kids. Six of them are, are boys. And he invented what is now Paddle Smash. He basically, you know, came up with this, this idea because his family loved playing pickleball. So as described, it's, it's exploded in popularity. The problem is pickleball courts are always crowded if you go to them because there's everybody is always playing. And then they're not, although it's very popular, they're still not courts everywhere. So they'd have to drive like 20 minutes to go find a court. And he's a structural engineer by trade. And he was just like, gosh, how can I do something that we could like play in our backyard? Yeah. And he didn't have $40,000 to, to build his own court. So him just being an engineer, a tinker, comfortable using a CNC machine, a router, and using different materials, he kind of Frankenstein together this prototype that is now Paddle Smash. Other thing that I'll, I'll mention is that there's another really popular game called Spikeball. And so that's, a, that's essentially what, what ours is a combination of. As yeah. you said, there's like no new ideas. You just want to marry them. So Pickleball meets Spikeball. And Spikeball has probably been the most popular game for the past 10 years, outdoor backyard game for the past 10 years. And his family had used to love playing that. And so he kind of like, you know, saw that game. It was portable. You could play it anywhere. Pickleball, you know, play with paddles and, and a pickleball ball. Kind of combine those ideas together. And, and created this game. And Scott and I, 
we create a lot of our own. And it just so happened that we came across Joe's idea, which was very similar to the concept that we had basically been, you know, playing around with in our heads for a week or, you know, a couple of weeks when we wanted to do something in the space. So it was very fortuitous that we were introduced, yeah. introduced to Joe at this time and ultimately licensed the concept from him and, and decided to, to move forward with it. We know they say the definition of genius is when someone can take two completely disparate ideas operating in two different segments and actually see a way to put them together. So I would call Paddle Smash genius because you've literally innovated two <laughs> concepts and put them together, smashed them together, literally. Yep. And I love what's come out of it. I've actually got, I'm planning now to get one because I have four girls and we like to be outdoors and, you know, we've got the space for a, you know, pickleball cord, but I wouldn't put one in place if I could use this because we could bring it out. We've got kids in homeschool groups that would come and play it. And we could even see a little competition coming on. And it, it is, it actually kind of, for me, when I saw it and, and tried to think about this crossover, pickleball is like a big game of ping pong. It's kind of how it feels to me. Like when I was watching the tournaments and people like, you know, paddling each other literally within yep. three feet and then seeing this kind of crossover, there isn't something like it yet. It's, it's very unique. And guys, if you go to paddlesmash.com, you're going to want to check this out. What you're looking at here and what I want to draw out from these two geniuses is they created something innovative. They had the help of someone who created an innovative idea. They're obviously the engine that is going to move this forward with their extensive retail knowledge and experience. But the component here I want to draw out is if you can find two separate product ideas that may be working on the market and simply look for a unique way to kind of put them together, you may come up with your own paddle smash, right? So that is kind of the concept that these guys are going to market with. And I, I loved it. And I wanted to bring them on here and share some more about this. So tell us what's your rollout strategy? What's your plan for marketing and movement into, into the market? What are you guys, you know, in, envisioning? Obviously retail, I'm sure is a component of this, but what else are you kind of envisioning? Yeah. So to, you know, play off of your genius idea, they say that if you're the only one with an idea, you're either a genius or you're an idiot. And I'd say the jury well, is still out. <laughs> <laughs> the jury's still out of it. Well, just don't tell it in kiosks inside a mall, then I think you'll be okay, right? Yeah, no, no kiosks. <laughs> I know that. I've learned that lesson. But um, yeah, we, I'd say jury's still out. Hey, yeah, we've got to find yeah. out whether this is a viable idea. So we've really looked at this fall as a test and learn period for our business. You know, we full full transparency. We hoped to have launched this previous spring. So spring 2022 was our hope. And as I should have known because I've developed over 160 products, it always takes longer than you think. And this just took a really long time mm. to make. It took a long time to get the base right. So we took our time because we wanted to make sure it was right. And we were willing to kind of miss those deadlines and kind of launch it whenever we had the right product. So launching in the fall, not an ideal time to launch an outdoor game. Still plenty of opportunity, plenty of customers living in war warm weather states. And so we thought, let's just go forward with it and use this as a test and learn period. So with that in mind, we kind of thought, all right, this is a chance for us to go direct to consumer this fall. Let's build some awareness before we go to brick and mortar retail. It's tough in brick and mortar retail because you kind of, you mm. do in, in a sense, throw it on the shelf and then pray. You know, you can do some marketing on your yeah. own end to drive some cu customers there. But on, on the whole, you're relying on customers to be at least semi-aware of that product when they come across it on shelf or your packaging to do a lot of work for you. And so we kind of said, all right, let's, let's use this period to build awareness. Let's launch an Amazon store. Let's, let's launch a Shopify store and we'll get it out into the world. So that's what we're doing now. Yeah. We launched about a month ago. Yeah. 
we've got a bunch of stuff in the works. We've got a digital agency helping to serve ads across all the social platforms. We have a, an affiliate program on our site. One of the cool things about games is there's this sort of inherent viral coefficient in a game. If you play with a group of people, a game, and everyone loves it, well, all of those people want that game too. And they tend to then go buy that game and then the word spreads within their group. Well, an outdoor game is even better because you play it out in public. And so you're out playing. And this is what's happened with spike ball. It's what's happened with pickleball. It's what's happened with cross net. Some of these other pioneers in the outdoor space is people play them outdoors. Other people see, they want to know about it. They go up and ask about it. And then they buy one to themselves. Well, that's what our hope is with this. And so we're trying to incentivize people to do that. We're immediately making people our affiliates upon purchase of our product. So you buy it, you immediately get signed up as an affiliate. You get a, a unique code for yourself and you're able to use that if someone asks you about the game, you give them 20 bucks off with that affiliate code and then you get a 20 buck commission back. And so that's one of our initiatives is just to try and turn our customers into our salespeople out there. Um, yeah. I mean, I say like the additional big thing is that we, while we were kind of saying, let's wait on brick and mortar retail, we knew we needed to get in front of them now because they're making per purchase decisions for next year. So we really completely cold emails. Um, we like used LinkedIn. We used some friends that we knew kind of had connections, but mostly it was like blind outreach through LinkedIn to get emails and then sending cold emails to, we, and we had on our list three big opportunities. One was Dick's Sporting Goods. One was Shields, which is a regional version of Dick's. And one was Chicken and Pickle, which is an entertainment version of, so it's entertainment, but kind of like called think top golf, but for pickleball. People can go okay. eat, be entertained, and also play pickleball. So those were our three top targets. We emailed all three. And through, I'd say, luck plus kind of like, you know, the, the fact that we are riding the tailwinds of these two big, big games, pickleball and, and spikeball, it caught their attention. All three said they're interested. We've flown out to all of them. We pitched all of them. And we're actually launching in Dick's in the next two weeks in kind of limited wow, store correct. counts, but really yeah, like so grassroots guerrilla marketing activities that are just, yeah. I mean, cold outreach and pushing, pushing hard, which I appreciate. And I like the idea of the sales channels that you brought forward. I got a couple connections in mind. I need to make for you guys after this to help you on the, on the PR side. I'll make sure and make those introductions to you guys. But I think what you've got is, is a strong strategy, obviously getting into the stores, getting ahead of retail and toys and games is one of the biggest sellers on Amazon for the coming holidays. So I wish you guys the best of luck with that because I definitely think you can make some traction there uh, and get this visibility out there. And I know you've been featured on a couple of local news channels, at least around where you were, if I'm not mistaken, in the Utah area, which have proven at least proof of concept and adoption, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, which is good. And you definitely have a strong plan of go to market. So if anybody's listening and they're thinking about concepts and business and even retail, which I mean, you guys have the deep experience. I know one of the things in my knowledge of that space is you got to have like five to 10,000 units minimum just to test the retail market. That's a pretty big lift because I can see why you're still wanting to prove concept before really pushing hard. And hopefully that's, you know, something you guys will resolve through dicks or other methods. But what would you leave as a final word with folks who were thinking about this and just some concepts, some wisdom, some knowledge that you might leave with them here as we part? Yeah. So as far as product development goes, that's something I think that Scott and I are very familiar with and have a lot of experience bringing new products to market. And one of the things that I've learned in, in talking with other entrepreneurs and many more so entrepreneurs is that the 
ideas that they have, you need to let them out. You need to let them flourish. You need to let them be spoken about. I know, I know so many people that want to guard them and hold them so close and they're worried somebody's going to rip their idea off or they want you to sign an NDA and they're afraid to talk about it. And I would just encourage anyone that is, you know, get, get that really raw feedback and don't just ask your mom if she likes it because your mom's going to tell you she loves it because she loves you. Your friends are. Right. So you really need to go get some, some raw, you know, just unfiltered feedback from hopefully people that don't know you or tell them that it's not your idea and you're trying it for somebody else. Um, because you can do a lot of work without spending any money to know if you've got something. And so it's like, go talk about your idea, share with others, get that. Like, what, what's the look on their face? Are they like, eh? or they're like, Ooh, you know, like there's just some, like you can do some pretty good market research just by talking about your idea and giving them the elevator pitch and, and see if it's clicking before you ever spend a dollar. And so Smart. that's, that's my advice. Smart. Scott, you got yeah, anything I'd, you want to add on? I can continue off of that. You know, what thing I've learned just as inventors have pitched me their concepts is a big red flag for me is when they say the reason they know their idea is good is because their friends and family had a great time playing it. And if I ask, you know, did, did you play with anyone outside of friends and family? If, they, if their answer is no, I actually would refuse to consider their concept until they had taken it out into the wild a little bit. So this is, again, it's no fun having someone tell you your idea is bad. So it's a scary yep. thing to do. No one enjoys having their idea beat up, but it's yeah. an essential part of, of validating an idea. And one of the things I've learned is that you can actually like really easily trick Trick's not the right word, but you can, you can get more accurate feedback by telling people that the idea is not yours. And quick example of us doing that is that when we were considering Paddle Smash, whether we wanted to go forward with it, we took it down to the local pickleball courts. And instead of presenting it as an idea we've been working on that we wanted to find out if they liked, we actually said, this is an idea that some guy has sent to us and we need to figure out if this is any good. And it just allowed people yeah. to feel much more comfortable sharing honest and open feedback and sometimes criticism. Even in that kind of a couple of hour session, we got a lot of really valuable feedback that we probably wouldn't have gotten if we would have presented it to friends and family or if we would have protected the idea or presented it as our own. So I think just go along with what Tim said is it's like put it out there in the world and let it get beaten up a little bit. Treat it like a goldfish where you're like not so worried about it, about protecting it and just be willing to flush it down the toilet if, it, if it's no good. Yeah. Amazing feedback, guys. I appreciate it so much. Folks, go to Amazon.com, use keyword Paddle Smash, check it out. I would guarantee that if you've got family and kids and events, you will want to see this and, and give it a chance for sure. Go to PaddleSmash.com as well. If you feel like you got an affiliate, you got an audience, and you might want to help move this to market, I would encourage you to do that. Guys, thanks you so much for showing up today with some amazing information and wisdom and just a really unique idea that we've been allowed to present today. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders.